0: and now ladies and gentlemen welcome back to your weekly edition of the b team podcast brought to you by jack's illustrated part of the splitting hairs podcast team we're here to give you your weekly dose of vitamin b which i believe myself and my co-host ben have been lacking on this week considering we were too sick to record last night so we're here, gonna tough it out. We're not Michael Jordan people. We can't do, you know, the thirty-four point effort with with the flu. I just we we just couldn't pull it off. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna fight through it though. We'll be all right. Yeah, this is more like a lukewarm version of that. So don't have your hopes too high. We're gonna give her our A effort, but we are the B team. Average that out. I'm not sure on the math. Words there's you throw letters in with math and I don't like it so <laughs> we'll see what happens here but man it's fun to come back after a win like that
1: yeah I mean it, it's a lot better than than I thought we were gonna be after the first half there um, I wasn't able to follow it uh, during the game I'm glad I wasn't because I had the luxury of watching the replay while knowing the outcome if I was watching that stuff live I think I would have been very angry
0: <laughs> yeah uh, it was uh it was a rough start um, you know and really how that went and you know the fans reaction online that I saw on Twitter and everywhere else I think just speaks to how spoiled we are as a fan base to be honest I mean if you if, if you're counting spoiled fan bases by their teams over the last five years there's maybe a handful in the entire country that you can count. That are spoiled as spoiled as you or more spoiled, and you could tell in the first half. But my goodness, the guts to come back when they did and how they did—that was something awesome.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, reading back through the you know Twitter and the the fan board, you know, you would have thought we were just going down downhill, and you know, Gibbs was terrible, and you know, I, I guess. Watching the game, I'm sure, you know, you had that recency bias and you're like, man, Gibbs looks bad. But me watching it back, I didn't think he looked that bad, to be honest.
0: No. It, you know, and there was it, that whole half. When you looked at the half, I looked at the halftime stats and I had people over at my place that were Bison fans and I fans. We had a whole get-together. They went up to the NDSU-UNI game. Then they came back to our place. And looking at the stats, I looked at them and said the, – We're dead even with them except for one thing, and that was penalties. We killed ourselves with penalties, and some of it you can say, yeah, Youngstown State should have had a penalty called on them. They didn't have any the whole game. Guess what? They didn't. We had a bunch of stupid penalties, realistically.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean – it it's easy to blame Gibbs, but if you look at it, I mean, we had some protection issues and credit to Youngstown State. They came out and did some stuff on the defensive line that screwed us up a little bit to start, and then we kind of corrected it after that. And then you add the uh, the tipped passes in there, which hopefully that's not a thing um, going forward. We'll see. But, uh, I mean, I, after that, he showed a lot of poise, man, coming out in the second half like he did and uh, putting in the, putting in the performance for the rest of the game like he did.
0: Oh, yeah, seeing him come back like that. I mean, realistically, in Jackrabbit quarterbacks, uh, in my recent memory that I can think of who would come back out after a bad half like that and orchestrate a big comeback in a situation like that and have that much poise. I mean, Taryn was awesome and everything, but sometimes it felt like the game would snowball on him. You know, Ryan Berry is kind of the only one who I can think of off the top of my head who might have had that poise you know Taryn had it in that game up in NDSU where we won it in the final seconds but that's not something you see a freshman quarterback come out and have and just god he's got a great mentality He just forgets whatever happens and he's playing football and one drive at a time come back and that's what happened it was beautiful
1: yeah I mean he definitely didn't look like a freshman in the second half like you said with as much poise as he had um, you know it would have been easy for him to say well you know, it was my freshman game. We messed up. We'll get him next week. I mean, he kept him in the game, and I mean, he, I mean, he willed him to victory. But honestly, the defense willed him to victory. I mean, they when the offense was struggling, the defense just kept shutting Youngstown State down, and it really turned around on that pick six in the or in the start of the second half.
0: Yeah, you saw them veterans lead, leaders on the defense just come out and decide no. This isn't gonna happen. We're gonna set the tone. We're gonna get the momentum back for us. And we're gonna start to lead this comeback back. And they they did that with coming out making a huge play. And that I missed because I was out cut cooking up some ribs and pulling them off the <laughs> smoker because I missed timed halftime. So uh but yeah, that was a huge play and really turn started to turn the tide for us there. Really like seeing that sort of veteran leadership step up. Yeah, I mean credit to Backus. He
1: made a great play, making an early jump on the ball and tipping it up, and then Gardner just grabbed it and ran for the pick six. But I mean, really it was created by Backus making a heads up play and just I mean it just goes to how he's been playing like an all star all year. I mean Matt and Kyle were talking about um how amazing he's looked all year and how he might be our, you know, defensive MVP at this point. And I wouldn't be surprised by the end of his career you start seeing NFL looks. I mean I I feel like he's that good.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean when you take the lead for the team tackles from Christian Rosebone, that's that's incredible. You know, you just don't nobody does that. So that was really sweet. I, I said it early in the year. I think it was after the LIU game that on Twitter, and Matt remembered it. He just didn't remember who it was. <clears throat> Matt, it was me. That <laughs> Bacchus is one of the most underrated players in the fcs and i still believe that the guy has all season just been screaming around the field making huge plays he's always around the ball and if you want to have some fun just watch that guy on defense watch it watch just watch our linebackers in general but him in particular he's been screaming all over the field like a missile
1: no doubt i mean between him and roseboom and you know we, we don't even highlight roseboom he had like 13 tackles in in this last game so i mean right he, he still gets his <laughs> right um He's still really, he hasn't really off by, <laughs> yeah. by
0: any stretch. I mean, there was a game, there was a play in that game that might be overlooked by some people, but the closing speed and Sheehan uh texted it to us. The closing speed he had to stop that swing little wheel route pass they had to their wide their their running back there. He closed like twenty yards before the running back gained five and stopped it would have been a 30 40 yard, maybe a touchdown before before the first down even and that's that's talent you don't that doesn't just happen so it was that he's a lot of fun to watch
1: no I agree and I mean you talked about our linebacking linebackers as a core I mean we can't forget seven Wilson which sucks that you know with that late injury he was in you know in garbage time down there and I mean it's hindsight hindsight's 2020 you can't I mean, you'd you like to say, well, we should have our starters out of there, but they were only down two scores. I mean, they can still come back at that point. So, it's find just... me a Jackrabbit
0: fan who felt like that game was in hand at that point. No, yeah, I did. If they would have put in the twos there, I would have lost my mind because that game was so back and forth. It all of a sudden they get a touchdown there. Now they're within a field goal, and now you're an onside kick. You you can't you can't afford to not have your best defense out there for that play it's not like we're up 34 to 10 like you have to have those guys out there no
1: i agree and when they almost did score touchdown they were moving the ball against our starters so right imagine what they would have done against their backups so
0: yeah it was just a terrible luck play you saw the replay you just knew he's out for a while he was out cold that was a full wwe knee to the face with Roseboom's full speed going against sevens dive, that was, it looked really ugly. But um, fortunately, the way he hit, I mean, that's how they teach hockey players to go on the boards heads up. So you have less likely for a neck injury. So it actually is a good way for him to have taken that blow on the forehead with his head up. But God, it looked ugly and you can tell his brain got rattled pretty hard on there. But it was great to see him be able to walk off the field.
1: Yeah, it was nice to see him smiling and stuff and jo- kind of joking with the trainers and hope for a speedy recovery for him. Um, obviously, you know, head injuries are nothing to mess with,
0: but hopefully we can see him before the end of the year. Right. You know, and I'm sure he's going to be going through the concussion protocol and busting his tail to get back. Unfortunately, that's not an injury you rehab through. That's a injury that gets better when it gets better and you don't get to decide that. Uh, we'll see how his body recovers. Hopefully he's fully recovered. Make sure you know he looks out for himself a little bit, we don't want him having long term damage from anything, but man, the sooner he gets back, the better for the jacks as far as it you know I think everybody would realize you know recognize that fact right well, and it kind of seems
1: like the the team as a whole is just kind of beat up a little bit um I mean Blake Coons is one that i I've just noticed that he's just not himself you know there was that wide open play where he just he kind of went went to the ground with a ball and he just dropped it. And then right. he kind of got up and he was wincing a little bit. So, I mean, you could tell he's hurt. There's some other guys around the defense, too, um, that are getting a little banged up. So, you know, not not to look past this week with Indiana State, but it's a nice team to play, having some guys beat up, um, and especially the week before the Bison. So hopefully we can get some guys uh, back
0: back to healthy this week. Right. And that's where we're, as the Jacks, were actually really fortunate in coming into this week that Indiana State hasn't turned out to be what they were. You hate to say, see a quarterback injure, injured or anything like that, but it does end up being fortuitous for us in that manner where if we can jump up on an early lead form, we can get a lot of guys some valuable, valuable rest time because with the way the Valley's set up, when your bye week is, you got a lot of games that you got to rely on a lot of depth and to get into the playoffs with and – especially a game like the marker game you got to you want to have every bullet you can fire out of that gun to try to get a win there so we'll see what happens coming up with yeah just there's a ton of guys dinged up and that's the nature of football though yeah
1: speaking of needing everybody back it sounds like uh on twitter zimmer was talking about Wes Ganant is back at practice um uh, which is big for the o line um that's a big boost it'll be interesting to see if they if they decide to only play in four games and um, make this his red shirt year. But um, I guess I, I think it'll, it'll depend on how the rest of the O line keeps playing. Um, I mean, I feel like, you know, it seems like we say this every year now, which is a good thing. But if we have a shot at the national title, you can't really hold guys back like that, in my opinion. Um, so I guess we'll see.
0: Right. Uh, right. And, you know, it, that's such a tough decision. That's why I'm not ever going to be a head, well, never going to be a head coach for a lot of reasons, but as well, <laughs> never be a head coach. Uh, I mean, what do you do? do? You you know, that get having them for four games, you could have them for four games in the playoffs for the run. Uh, does that mess with the chemistry of the O-line at that point, though? Um, do you need to have them play this Indiana State game? Is it going to be pushing them to play too early? There's so many variables there to figure out. It's, God, that's you're going to have people arguing back and forth. That's the way it is. And you make a decision, hope it's the best one. You got to stick to it, especially in a situation like this, because you don't want to re-aggravate that injury. So you're certainly not going to push him back early, I hope. But on the other hand, do you want his first game back to be the marker game? Right. But like there where you've got your O-line's got some continuity, And then you're gonna throw him in there. Yeah, he's good, but then it's getting all that down. It's gonna be a noisy stadium, big game. I'm sure he can handle it, but are the calls gonna be the same? Are they gonna have that chemistry right from the jump when he hasn't practiced for the majority? Oh, Oh, just it's a you you get into there. It's a whole it just quicksand. You know what do you do? It's a tough situation. I mean, I think the ideal situation would be he
1: he would come back and be healthy and available, but they would still have a competition and that he would push the the existing starters to stay the existing starters and, and let Gannan take that red shirt and be here next year. I think that's the ideal situation that we wouldn't necessarily need him. um, But at least we'll uh, likely
0: we'll have him available at some point this season if we do need him. Well, and you know, my, my, my personal opinion on like an ideal situation with him and how it would play out is, I guess he'd ends up not playing. We win the marker game and he doesn't play with how the Valley looks. And we're going to be able, we're going to get into this a lot deeper later. The rest of the Valley, it just doesn't, it's it. I, I'm i going to say it third best conference in the country right now. Yeah. It, as it sits, that's what it is. And from what I've seen so far, the Valley is just not awesome. It's it. Everybody seems to have dropped off in general besides Probably SDSU and certainly NDSU. So, everything else is up for grabs and looks fairly mediocre. And so, the ideal situation for me, he comes back, he's healthy, starts getting in a rhythm with practice and everything like that. And then we can use him for those last four games and then you get an extra year of him. Now, obviously, Wes's life plans have to deal with that too. Remember, these guys are in college, they have life plans. If he's planning on going to grad school or whatever, he wants to get rocking that's a whole extra layer that we aren't going to know about, Mm -hmm. but that would personally be what I would think would be the ideal scenario. But I I don't know. You're never going to know what the ideal scenario really was. We're just going to know what actually happens. Yeah. We'll have fun debating it on here though. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say what I am. I'm just the debater. (laughs) (laughs) Fill in the blank. I think we all know, know where you're going there. It's a pregnant pause there, but it has nothing to do with the debater, right? <laughs> <laughs> with that, let's move on to the
1: fade, Brendan, get rich, pick recap of the week. Um, we actually both didn't do very good. the The fade, Brendan, thing worked again. You went three and four. Would have made more money. I what mean, this I is say? it's free money. People just hop on. At this point, I'm here for the masses. However, if you followed me, you wouldn't have done that well either because I went three and four as well. So, At least I'm making people money by being bad. That's true. (laughs) So the first game we picked was Villanova and JMU. Uh, JMU, well, Nova was up 24-17 in the fourth quarter, um, and then JMU came back uh, with three touchdowns to win 38-24 in that one and uh, definitely solidified their number two spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, that game was a tight game. then I think JMU's depth just came through at the end and wore Villanova out. There was a couple of miscues that happened at the end of the game for Nova as well. And uh, JMU really uh, asserted themselves, in my opinion, as the number two team because Villanova, I mean, that that was a good game for the vast majority of it. So... Uh, I don't think it's anything to knock Villanova about with how it ended. I just think uh, JMU showed that they are definitely the number two team.
1: No doubt. So we both missed that when we thought Jan- or we thought Villanova would keep it close, and they did for most of the game, but uh, JMU just kind of took off at the end there. Um, second one was uh, Sac State uh, went to Montana State, and Sac State won 34-21, really kind of – I don't know if they surprised some people, but kind of reaffirmed the suspicion that they might be a really good team.
0: Yeah, um, I know I picked that one because I've I've been a believer in Sac State. Their only two losses are to FBS teams, so if you look at their record and you see they've got two in the L column, those are both to FBS teams, both who they held under 30 points, I believe. One of the games might have been 34 but I know they held Arizona State under 20 points, ended up losing like 17-3 to 3 or something like that. So their defense is for real. Uh, Montana State uh, is kind of who I thought they were. They're kind of on the downward slide. They don't have a, much of a passing game to speak of, and that Sac State uh, defense was just way too much for them to handle, and they controlled the game from start to finish.
1: Yep, like you said, we both picked that one right. And then we go to the uh, you and I at NDSU game and we joked about ndsu never losing a game again but ndsu won 46 to 14 against uni mm-hmm. who normally normally gives them a good game and uni and i mean they may not they may turn out to be not that
0: good but man ndsu is rolling right now yeah they're steamrolling teams um i think they are just as good as advertised but i think some of this plays into the valley overall being down you uh, and I doesn't have an offense. Their offense is McElveen running around and making a play. They can't run the ball, and when you go to NDSU and you can't run the ball, or you're one dimensional in any form, you're destined to get dump trucked. They got back into that game. They were getting just walloped from the start. Got back into that game off of a fumble and some other miscues by NDSU. Got back into that game, made it really close at half, so I started feeling good about my you and I pick because like it was nuts up here. I went up to tailgate because I'll go and I have friends in Fargo and they happen to be NDSU fans, so I'll go tailgate with them. And I went up to do the tailgate. I swear to God, that place was fifteen percent full because the interstates were closed, yada yada, all that stuff. Um, it was bone dry for tailgating wise so uh i really thought that that was going to be in their team's heads as well maybe because i've never seen it like that up there and it i was wrong i was so very very wrong
1: yeah and you you texted me (laughs) and you're like dude take you and i put the house on you and i like they're covering they might win ndsu's down like this is storming up here
0: Oh, no. and it's it's all they talked about on the radio. It's all their fans would talk about. Nobody made, no one made it anywhere. And then their team came out and said they use it for motivation instead and mollywopped them. And really, that game at half probably shouldn't have been as close as it was. Now I got to get a point in here. This is going to kind of be a tangent off of our picks, but. SDSU fans in general, I know the majority of us are Vikings fans. I know how Vikings fans are. You get mad about the refs. I get mad about the refs. But sometimes Vikings fans hold on to being mad at the refs a little longer. Something we got to get used to this year, they're not going to call holding. Valley officials are not going to call holding. Full stop. I've watched the Southern Illinois game for us. I've watched our game against Youngstown. I watched the NDSU game. They ain't calling it. It's not going to happen. I don't know if it's a concerted push by Valley officials to de-emphasize holding, if they're too focused on other things, if they had a meeting and decided that they were calling too much holding and it was detrimental to Valley teams in the playoffs, or if because they are de-emphasizing calling holding, it's going to bite Valley teams in the playoffs, but they're not calling it. They're not calling holding anywhere. And if they do call it, you should probably be more upset that they did call it because they probably didn't call it for the entirety of the rest of the game. Our D-line is going to have to get used to it and adjust. Our offensive line is going to have to take advantage with it of it smartly. But the end, end of the story is they're not calling holding on anybody, and that's the way it's going to be. So as my pa used to tell me when I would complained about it when I was playing, why would you let him hold, him, hold you? Hmm. Take his arms off you, break through that grip, and get off him. Of- so that's going to be the way it's going to have to be and I'm sure that's what the coaches are telling the D line right now because it's ridiculous. They're not calling any of it and they're I'm not usually a call holding guy but it's to the point of almost absurdity right now and they're not going to call it so don't waste your breath breath complaining about it.
1: No, I agree. I mean, it's evident. My my hope is that they're going to have like a Missouri Valley have a big meeting. This next week before the marker game where they talk they talk and say, Hey guys, we need to get a hold on offensive holding because NDSU against NDSU that's gonna be a problem. I mean our D line's good, but if we if they're not if they're not letting our D line get to Trey Lance like they could, I mean it's gonna be
0: we're we probably will lose that game.
1: If if they well, don't call any offensive holding at all.
0: It's I gonna mean, be I, what it's gonna be and I've heard NDSU fans screaming about SDSU players getting away with holding all the time. Um, As long as it's called evenly, then that's what the game's going to be. It would almost be more detrimental because I'm sure we get away with some holding too. We just have blue and yellow glasses when we watch the game. So that could turn the whole thing into a flag factory. If anything, um, what I'd be more upset about and more looking for is making sure that the officials – um, don't let games get out of hand right away because that Youngstown State game almost did, and because they were yeah. letting Youngstown State get away with hits that were after the whistle, and then we got called for retaliation. And then now, guess what? Every team's going to see that. You think that our rivals, NDSU, aren't going to see that? You can push buttons and get a reaction, and aren't going to mm-hmm. be trying to every play. You're out of your flip mind. Is going to happen and now they're really going to de- needle us, and we're going to have to have our heads on right, and the officials are going to have to be ready because that game I could see being an issue. Yeah, you better believe
1: Stig's going to get that right, though. I mean, I he's not a guy that's going to let that go. You know, that's, that's stuff you expect from like a Polini coach team, not a Stig mm-hmm. coach team. So
0: right. I don't, I don't foresee that being an issue, I guess. Well, and it was retaliation stuff from our guys. It wasn't. We were going out and, ma- you know, doing that. It was just they're getting punched after the player or whatever, and then we retaliate. Well, that builds on itself throughout the game. So that's my that's my rant on officiating. I'm done. Sorry, didn't mean to oh, sidetrack our segment here. Get, <laughs> get off, your, like, get the, off
1: your soapbox.
0: Yeah, I'm getting down. I'm off the box. I, I right. smell fresh and clean
1: though, because I was on soap. In summation, NDSU, very good. They are very good. Next game we go to is Illinois State. Went to Southern Illinois and beat them 21-7. to uh, That's kind of what we thought would happen. Um, Southern Illinois just, well, I thought that would happen. You, for some reason, picked Southern Illinois. But, uh, I mean, I think Illinois State's got a good defense, and their offense is good enough to get him a win against Southern Illinois, I guess. But I mean, I, I the problem is I, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs based on,
0: well, go ahead. Yeah. And you know, we, we call this segment, fade, Brendan, get rich. You want to really get rich. You bet everything you got on whatever I picked on Southern Illinois, because I cannot figure them out. <laughs> to save my soul. I'm wrong. Guaranteed every time, every time I'm wrong. I, I cannot get their games right. And I quit. I don't even want to pick them anymore. (laughs) You're going to make me pick them, but I don't want to pick them. I'm going to be start. I'm going to do I I don't have a quarter. So I'm going to toss my phone in the air and see which side lands up. And that's how I'm picking their game. And I'm going to go that just because that's how the phone landed.
1: (laughs) Well, they have an interesting one this week. We'll talk about that coming up. Then we had the toilet bowl, Um, Indiana state beat Western Illinois, 20 to 10. That was an ugly game. Western Illinois was up 10-0 to zero halfway through the third, and then Indiana State woke up, decided that they, they did not want to be the cellar dwellers in the Missouri Valley, so they took that game
0: 20-10 to 10 at home. Yeah, Indiana State showed some stones and uh, came back there. I thought that they were dead and buried when I saw it was 10 to nothing, and then they rallied for 20 unanswered points and win the game. So... They do have fighting them. We're not going to be able to walk into this week and just throw our helmet on the field. They came to play ev- eventually against Western Illinois, and that might have woke them up and rallied them. We'll see what happens.
1: Yep, and then we had a uh, USD, who I-, I guess they're just world beaters now. No, I'm just kidding. They only beat Missouri State, but they did beat them 45-10. to 10. But if you listen to their fans, they're on the upswing. They're figuring their defense out. And let's just slow your roll a little bit. Let's wait and wait until you play some better teams here.
0: Well, yeah. And, but to a point with how the rest of the valleys looked, we, the way they're winning by how much they're winning, we can't, I don't think we can completely dismiss that at this point. I think we're back to not knowing what they are because their losses to Houston Baptist, that's a, not a God awful team. Like we thought it was going to be. Um, Montana is obviously a darn good team. So I don't know how much we can just brush off these margins of victories they're having anymore. They're it's, they're on a roll. They're a hot team right now. Um, they're going to start to face tough competition. I kind of got a gut feeling that they're going to be like Youngstown State four or five years ago where they were hot and start to get ranked. And then they're going to end up facing their tough part of the schedule stacked at the end and they're going to just bomb out at the end of the season and not really get crushed but they'll probably they might be in some games Uh, I'm really curious to see now what happens with them you know setting the whole rivalry aside they do have potential now is it just because they're a southern Illinois-esque team where when they play a team that's not up to their caliber they're able to put up a ton of points, and then when they face somebody who's better, then they lose a shootout. I don't know, but they have done enough in the last three weeks for me to pay a little bit of attention to them, especially with how just the entire nation has looked so far. They're definitely in the top half of FCS, in my opinion. Right, but, I mean, based on what they did early in the
1: season, they... They got to start winning some games. Um, they have a huge one this week that we'll talk about a little bit later. And then the last game of the week was SDSU, obviously um, taking down Youngstown state 38 to 28, which if you pay attention to the bad beats section or segment on uh, SVP on sports center, we were featured. Yeah, that was awesome. That was sweet because so we were seven point favorites. I'll set it up for everybody. Seven point favorites, we were only up by three and we were pretty much in almost run off the clock mode where we were just trying to get a first down and didn't really need to score. We just kind of went on a run off the clock. And to be honest, you know, you saw Green Bay do it this week where they didn't score on purpose. To be honest, Gibbs probably should have done that because Youngstown, he gave Youngstown State the chance to come back and get back in the game by scoring a touchdown. But we right. also Went and covered for anybody that bet SDSU minus seven, and made anybody that bet Youngstown State probably cry.
0: Right? Oh, god! And it was awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, watching that segment was hilarious. Um, I love Stanford Steve and them kind of and Scott kind of laughing at the announcers they had for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that was the Valley game of the week or not. I certainly hope not because those were the most. That was a pretty homerific crew. Oh, like, man. Oh, my God. At the end, you can hear, hear the guy on the pass to Yankee go, yes. oh, God. Oh, Jesus. In the background. No, he goes, he goes like, oh, God almighty. Oh, right. Oh, God almighty. Like, oh, hey. Uh, like, look at these missed tackles. And, and, you know, you're doing a broadcast like that, I guess I expect it. I don't expect you to be me. I don't expect them to be like me and you. I expect them to be, you know, like Hank McCall and Tyler Merriam, fairly unbiased, at least to a point. And, God, it was funny listening to that and them making fun of when Gibbs breaks away. But, uh, no, and I think Gibbs did say in an interview after the game, I should have slid after the first down, but it's just so much fun to watch your quarterback outrun a defensive back to the end zone. I'm glad he didn't. That was awesome. All right.
1: He made it look easy too, like he yeah, was. That, it didn't look like he was running hard, but he was just like gliding, and he was staying in front of the the defensive back. So
0: he's got some speed on him. Dude's got wheels, and he's a big dude with wheels. So <laughs> exactly. That, that's exciting to see. Um, I think that's going to surprise some people if we start to have him take some of those zone reads a little more often.
1: Oh, for sure. And shout out to Sellers too. I mean, he just had a beast of a oh, block.
0: Oh, monster. And like, Two
1: blocks, he took out one guy. Well, the other guy kind of took himself out.
0: But no, I'm giving that to Sellers. <laughs> yeah, for you sure. kick this guy. The other guy happened to run into him. That's <laughs> that's uh, textbook blocking. You run your guy into their path. That was well done by him, and uh, give him a helmet sticker for that one. There you go. But yeah, it was a for sure a
1: fun end of the game, and you will have to go check out. We'll we'll uh, on our twitters we'll we'll retweet the 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 SDSU segment on bad beats, so you can go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Which, by the way, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Cap'n Hard. He's at itsthumper76.
0: Yes, sir. Got him right. Look at us go. We're good at this. It only took us half the season. We've hit our stride, everybody. Yep. You are witnessing peak B team. Gr- You're welcome. Greatness. And this is why yes. we're, th- this may be
1: our Jordan game. This is we're, our Jordan we're game. Absolutely. Both sick right now, and we're just killing it.
0: Yep. Basically. I think everybody listening will agree
1: yeah we'll, we'll see let us know on twitter let us know on twitter how you think we're doing
0: let us know on twitter only if it's nice though don't, don't, yeah. don't if you want to yell at us yell at jacks illustrated on twitter yes that's the one to yell at on twitter yeah. if you think we're terrible send him all the nasty dms and stuff because he gave us the microphones
1: i like it and i i just wanted to get that uh It's at Jack Illustrated. Just that's where to send your negative takes and send all the positive ones to us. Yeah. Or money to us. We take either way, either way. No. Yeah. I mean, just saying. Beer is good too. Beer is better. Even. Hey, wait, I have to tell you one thing before we move on here. Speaking of beer, I met the you betcha guy down in Iowa. You did? Yeah. No way. Bush Light, you betcha. Bush.
0: Oh God, that's cold. Oh God, that's cold. All right, yes. we'll move on.
1: So now everybody can be jealous of me because that was awesome. I think we should. You know what? He's from Fargo. Do you know that? Is he really? Yeah. So get I think on we the should show. get a him on the show. Well, that would be amazing <laughs> to get him on the show. I doubt he'd do that because he's pretty much a celebrity at this point. But we're celebrities. We, we should. Scale. So he had like a tailgate thing down there. We should campaign to get him to come down to Brookings next done. week. Absolutely. We got to start this campaign.
0: Yeah. Smoke rabbits or whatever. We're going to get done. Yep. All right. All right. Everybody All you guys listening. You guys got to jump in on this. All right. Get on that bandwagon. We'll get the you bet you got coming. Yeah. I'll even bring Bush, which. Maybe you All can right. give him a ride
1: down. How sweet would that be? Can can... Yeah. All from a ride. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, that that wraps up our picks we made, along with uh, Brendan's soapbox he was on, and all the rambling I just did. So, <laughs> time it to move was good on. Rambling, right? <laughs> it's, it's so, high quality content. In other news, I guess not other news because we're still talking about Missouri Valley. But as we kind of alluded to, the Missouri Valley in general is looking weak. I think everybody can agree. You said that they're probably the third best conference in the in the FCS. Mm -hmm. which is not normal or normally the consensus number one every year. Well, most people agree with that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, the thing is the FCS as a whole seems to be down. There aren't a lot of teams that are just taking, you know, taking advantage of this and go get into the top and stay in there. So we may still get in a handful of teams, but should we probably not based on how we're looking so far.
0: Yeah, and I think of some of it's gonna be on the prior reputation of the valley that's gonna get us a bunch of teams in and whatnot. But um is the valley or is the FCS down all the way crossing board? Yes and no. I think some of it is teams we don't aren't used to being good are good. You're, you're probably right. Yeah. Sack State. Does that team in your mind make you think powerhouse? Does not. Absolutely not. Last time Villanova was good was before 2010. Maybe it was 2010. You know, so you got a lot of teams that are coming out of the woodwork and some t- big name teams like uh, Illinois State, you and I, that have taken steps backwards. And you got teams like Weber State and, you know, Sacramento State. Portland State looks pretty decent. Uh, but there's so much parity after probably your top eight teams that it does make it look like the levels down. I don't know if it's so much necessarily levels down across the board as much as it is teams aren't as consistent necessarily because it was another bloodbath trying to do a poll. It was actually worse than last week. And it, does make it tough and it does make it seem like the fcs is down but you got teams like vmi coming out winning games in the socon i mean they were a one-win team last year now they got a quarterback who um prior to last week i don't know if he didn't have an interception last week but prior to last week trey lance and vmi's quarterbacks were the only two quarterbacks in the fcs that hadn't thrown an interception yet and trey lance had 85 pass attempts VMI's quarterback had 235 pass attempts with no that's interceptions. A, well, that's a lot. So, is the FCS down because that guy's killing it for VMI and VMI suddenly a half decent team? I think uh, some of the issues is you got these teams that, yeah, they're rankable, but they've got some head scratcher losses. And you're going, what happened? Why'd, why'd you lose to Robert Morris? Or, you know, That sort of thing. And when you got teams like you got teams like Dartmouth showing up in the top twenty-five. Like right, uh, but I mean (sighs) here's the thing with Ivy League schools. I hate that they don't participate in the playoffs. They're really hard to rank. But if you are trying to say they wouldn't be a power conference in the FCS if they decided to go into the playoffs. You're lying to yourself, and you're lying to anybody who talks to you. If you see these kids that they do recruit and get to play there, they got some real players. And, yeah, they don't have scholarships, but guess what? I know of, for sure, several Ivy League schools where you don't have to even play athletics. If you get in and your income levels over X dollars, you go free. They 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 find you the money and you get to go for free, because I have a personal friend who did it. So these kids are some way or another getting their their school paid for one way or another, and the funding and the money that are behind those schools, and the sizes of the stadiums, and the quality of the stadiums, and the quality of the players they get. They're getting guys over. They're they're getting the same caliber athlete that the Missouri Valley Conference gets. If you look at the recruiting battles. They win against G5 teams like Missouri Valley teams do. They win against Missouri Valley teams sometimes. So it's not that big of a stretch to me to say that there's two top 25 teams in the Ivy League. I don't think that necessarily means Ivy League's down either. We've seen it where they have gone. If they don't play out of conference much against anybody, very good. But we've seen it where they've gone and played Cal Poly when Cal Poly was pretty good. And I believe it was Yale shellacked them by a lot. So I th- honestly, the the most fun in the world to me would be the Ivy Leagues going into the playoffs. And I honestly think that it's uh, it's actually should be illegal what they're doing because they allow every other sport they have to participate in the playoffs. Every other one of them. And you're telling me basketball doesn't take away more time from your schooling than a weekend football game does? The NCAA tournament, the 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 tournaments after the conference. Are you kidding me? But it's a whole different topic. But I don't. I'm not sure. Pointing out. I know there's people who don't think they should be in the top 25 because they don't participate in the playoffs. But just because a team doesn't play in your sandbox with you doesn't mean they're not a good team, and they are FCS. Look at you go. Two soapboxes this episode. Yeah, you better watch yourself because I. <laughs> I have a couple other soft spots that are willing to be poked right now that you could get me going on. Well, one Sorry, I, people. One nice thing about the Ivy League being in the playoffs
1: is I think it would more justify there being 24 teams in the FCS playoffs because I feel like, and we'll talk about playoffs a lot more in episodes to come, but I feel like there are too many. Okay,
0: we got another soapbox. No, don't All do right. it. We'll save it. Save All it right. for... I'll save it. But here's, it. This is, I'm going to keep it short. There's a reason there's 24 automat, There's 24 bids in the playoffs. Because for any NCAA tournament, for every auto bid, there's an at-large for a conference. That's the way that works, right? So as it sits right now, there's enough space to have the swack the MIAC and the ivy league all get automatic bids and still have an at large with them that's why we're at 24 they went to 24 because the pioneer lobbied to get a bid into the playoffs and so when they expanded they expanded past the 24 so that way should that eventuality happen and i do hope and believe that eventually it will happen that they'll eventually be forced into taking over that because the old fogies who are against it'll die. And then the guys who've been playing for him for so long are be able to finally say, Yes, we got our chance, are gonna be able to get him in. And that's part of why there's 24 teams and not 16. There you go. Learn something new every day. That's what I'm here for. People help people. If I'm wrong, somebody can tell me on Twitter, but I'm 99% sure that's accurate. (laughs) So
1: We'll give you a little recap of the Missouri Valley. We got North Dakota State obviously at the top, and then we've got both South Dakota State and South Dakota having our two and zero in the conference. Um, and then you got teams like Illinois State, Indiana State, Northern Iowa, Missouri State are all one and one. And then Youngstown State down at zero and two in the conference. Southern Illinois and West Illinois at the bottom, and West Illinois zero and six, probably not going to get a win this year.
0: Yeah, that's probably that's not. ugly. They're just in a rough spot. I mean, I yeah. What do you say about it? I don't. Know. Hopefully, their young guys get better. Right. They're new <laughs> Indiana State.
1: Yeah. On a more bright note, uh, Zach Center got signed with the Saints. Hopefully, yeah. he can catch on there. Good for him. Didn't know if we, you know, you'd see him not get back in the league. He'd do his doctor thing, but good to see him get back on the team. Hopefully catches on, and then uh, Taryn Christian and Kellen Solik got drafted to the XFL, yes. which is awesome. I mean, it, that's a league where you might see Taryn Christian fight for a starting spot and get some playing time, which would be fun to see. Yes,
0: uh, yeah, that'd be cool to see. I think both of them will have a real good chance at getting playing time. So,
1: and that's why I, guess... I mean,
0: to, to say what you want about the XFL, but I think I think there's room
1: for a league like that. Just because there are so many players like Terry Christian, Kellen Solik, that don't get to play professionally that could. You right. know, you see you see all these, you know, second, third level basketball players go over to Europe and make all kinds mm-hmm. of money. I think there's similar level players here that if the XFL does it right and they're not the stupid gimmick league like they were, you know, before when they
0: tried it. Right. I think it I think it can be a success. Well, and you know, hopefully it catches on and it becomes more of a developmental league where um these guys get to keep playing when they're not on a NFL squad and they get to develop more and then catch back on with an NFL squad later, like Taryn bounced from a couple different teams. Well, if he proves himself some more, hones his craft some more, um, then hopefully he's able to catch on somewhere in the NFL. Yeah, cool to see though. All right, let's get on
1: to this week's picks, because if we don't hurry, we're not going to keep this under an hour, and that was kind of our goal. So, Soapbox screwed it up. <laughs> right? Double soapbox. All right, so to start out, we've got, uh, let's pick the, there's two out-of-conference out of games. We'll pick the less less fun one. There wasn't much to choose for out-of-conference games. Um, we'll go to New Hampshire, who's t- ranked 20th in the poll, goes to Delaware, um, New Hampshire is kind of looking like they're on a roll. Delaware is struggling. Um, and Delaware is plus one and a half in that game.
0: Yeah. Delaware is climbing New Hampshire, er, New Hampshire's is climbing. Delaware is falling. Um, New Hampshire, uh, needs this win to stay on their roll and try to challenge for the CAA championship. I don't think they do. I do think right now it looks like they're going to be a playoff team and Delaware is in a free fall right now, which is going to kill one of NDSU's quality wins. But as it sits, it looks like, uh, I'm going to go with UNH with that sort of spread.
1: I'd agree. That's pretty small spread there. I think that's a, that's an easy cover for New Hampshire. And then the the bigger, the, well, the biggest game in the, all of FCS, I think, is uh, Mo- number five, Montana, going to number 10, Sac State, who just had that um, win against Montana State last week. Montana State's a two-and-a-half-point dog at home in this one.
0: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game here. You said Montana's the dog uh, in this no, game? no, I
1: said Montana State. I meant Sac State okay. is a two-and-a-half-point dog at home against Montana.
0: Right. Uh, man, this is going to be a fun game. I'm going to have to make sure I watch this one. I got Pluto downloaded for anybody who wants to watch a big sky game or two. Pluto TV is free, it's an app on your phones and everything like that. You can watch all the big sky games for free on there. The stream quality is not always the best, but you can watch them all on there. I, for one, will be trying to watch this. Haven't checked the time that it is probably later at night than our game for sure. So, With all of that being said, that's, wow, they're predicting a tight, tight game there. Mm -hmm. I like Sac State's defense to stop Montana more than I like Montana's defense to stop Sac State. So I think I'm going to go ahead and take Sac State in this one. I'll go opposite of you. I think it's a
1: small, you know, it's only two and a half point favorite for Montana. I think it's small enough where they, you know, I do think it's going to be a tight game. I kind of think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Um, so I'm going to take Montana cover in the two and a half there. Then we go to uh, the first Valley game we have is number 13, Illinois State, going to Western Illinois. Kind of surprised the spread isn't a little bigger. Um, it's only 14.
0: Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, that tells you there's a discrepancy between what the polls think of uh, Illinois State and what. Uh, Vegas thinks of them, or whoever is setting these FCS lines. So I think this is an easy one. There's not a lot of explanation needed. I think I'm going with Illinois State to cover on this.
1: I agree there. West Illinois is in a free fall, and I don't think it's going to get better. And then we've got uh, number 16, Youngstown State, going to Southern Illinois. Um, here's another one where I think the spread's too small. Um, I think Youngstown State's going to have a bounce-back game. Um, they're not a bad team uh, they showed against SDSU it's tough with Mays being beat up because I think with a healthy healthy Mays they might have won that game which credit to him by the way I forgot to mention that earlier that kid is he's got some guts he's he was playing kid. oh man he looked like really hurt and he, he yeah. was making runs and making, there was one play it looked like his knee gave out and he still completed a pass mm-hmm. uh, I mean it Credit to him. So hopefully he can get healthy and Young Youngstown State can, can get in a roll and out their past SDSU. Um, right. But I, I'll take Youngstown State covering four in this one. Yeah, I'm
0: fully on board with you there. Give me Youngstown State to cover on that. And
1: then we go to Missouri State visiting NDSU. Huge spread of forty, and I mean it's just a reaction to Missouri State not being very good, and NDSU has just been stomping teams. Um I i I think I picked against ND against the spread against NDSU every week and I've got burnt every single week. But I gotta stay the course. I think I'm gonna go with Missouri State covering here. Um I think has already proved what they need to prove, and I think they get some freshmen some playing time in this game.
0: Oh contraire, I am gonna go with NDSU. They've got their fancy blend into the turf jerseys. I'm calling them their jerseys they're wearing. They're all green jerseys. That from now on, there I will not call them by the code green. They're the <laughs> blend into the grass jerseys, blend into the turf. Um, and Ents has shown a real propensity to enjoy stepping on the throat of teams. So I'm going to take NDSU, even though that is a ridiculous number of points. It's a lot.
1: And then we go to USD versus UNI, who's number 11 in the poll. And this is a huge, huge game. Um, I think it, it's a little early in the season to call it this, but it's almost a must win for both of them. Uh, being that they're both sitting at 3-3 three and three right now, and they both got a pretty tough schedule left. If they Whoever loses this game is really, really going to struggle to make the playoffs.
0: Oh, yeah, this is a no doubter. Um, on what you're saying there about a must-win. UNI's got to bounce back in a big way mentally from just getting throttled, and they're coming into a hot USD team. The thing is, we're going to see a real good um, UNI defense go up against a pretty good USD offense, and we're going to see a bad USD offense go against uh, a to-be-determined defense for USD. But I think I'm going to take you and I to win by a touchdown.
1: Yeah, you and I is a six and a half point favorite in this one. I'm going to agree with you there. You and I plays a lot better at home. Uh, they're three and 0 at home this year, 0 and three away. And I I think USD is a paper tagger at this point. We'll see. Maybe they come out and prove me wrong. But until they do, I'm going to go with you and I covering six and a half. And then we go to SDSU's game. Uh, We're still number three in the poll. We go to Indiana State, and that is a 19-point spread in that one.
0: That's the amount of points I'd want us to win by. USD throttled these guys. Um, They're on their third-string quarterback, it sounds like. We need the guys to not be looking ahead, come out, play their game, wrap it up in the first half get the second string in and get healthy. Uh, after the scare last year, Indiana State put into us at home, and this being the second road trip, I think that the senior leadership and the coaches are going to have everybody dialed in this time. I want to see less penalties, no turnovers, and step on them right from the jump. I want to see that first drive on offense be a touchdown. I think all that happens finally. Finally and Jack's win by 23-plus. Yeah, I'd agree.
1: I mean, I think, you know, the fact, is you mentioned, with uh, the way we played against Indiana State last year and I think the way we played against Youngstown State last week, you know, not not putting a complete game together and having it be in doubt into the third quarter, I think they're going to want to put a complete game together and get some rhythm going before the NDSU game, you know, sort of looking ahead, knowing that they need to get that rhythm going, but not looking past Indiana state um, and focusing on beating them by how much we should. And I think we should beat them by 28. Um, so that's, that's what I'm guessing. Um, I'm get, I'm taking as to cover the spread, obviously as far as a score prediction, like I said, I think the win by 28, I'm going to go something like
0: 38 to 10. That's a pretty good score prediction. Uh, what do I predict happens for the score and what do I want to happen with the score? I want it to be like forty-two to seven. Um realistically, I think it's more in that 35 to 3 range. I'd I'd take it either way. Big wins a big win, right? And I also bet we're still gonna have a bunch of crabby people after that game wringing their hands about how we're gonna get killed if we play like that against IDSU. Right. <laughs> That's my prediction. Right. But, I mean, it, it
1: would be nice to see them put a complete game together. We've been, you know, clamoring for that ever since we started, you know, playing right. FCS oh, teams absolutely. after the Minnesota game. Still yet to see it happen. I am um, I thought it would happen last week against Youngstown. It didn't. I'm hoping to see it happen this week. If it doesn't, I I will be kind of worried if we don't. If we're struggling with Indiana State. I'll be
0: I'll be plenty worried going into the NDSU game. Well, I mean, it's a big game nonetheless, and going into the marker game, I'm worried and overly confident at the same time the whole week, and can't sleep. So that's kind of how that goes for me. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a fun podcast next week. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have seven, seven yep. podcasts. No, <laughs> I'm just don't. No, I'm not. We're not doing seven. No. But. No, we, we barely <laughs> barely get one done. It's Wednesday night, and we're just getting this one done. So, Right, a bunch of bums that we are. So, again, apologies to everybody for that. Yeah, hopefully we can get this one in before the weekend. But, Right, absolutely. And then, ah, see, I got one in there for Matt, too. There you go. Absolutely, part. Um, one other thing I did want to throw out there, my apologies to our listener in Luxembourg. By saying the Netherlands the other day Uh, That was (laughs) very wrong of me Did you get called out? Uh, No, but I feel like I should have I deserve to be Then (laughs) We got a German listener out there So, you know, that are servicemen So thank you for your service If you are listening to the Jacks uh, In our station somewhere If you uh, just happen to pick up on the Jacks Overseas through some wild and crazy Adventurous story uh, Be sure to share it with us Because we always find that stuff awesome and that's all I got for tonight. I'm done soapboxing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, either either that or they just accidentally clicked on this and they listened to it for 10 seconds, realized we were idiots and turned it off. That is also a possibility. God <laughs> bless them for doing that. God, that'd be un- amazing. Until we get one of them, like, tweeting at us, letting us know that they're actually listening, I'm not going to believe it. So,
0: Right. We don't believe it until we hear about it on Twitter. Because, yeah. you know, it's not real if it's not on the internet.
1: There you go. So let
0: us know. But with that, go big, go blue. Go Jacks. Go Jacks.